This is the Brain Dead Podcast. This is Larry. And this is Zombie Girl TJ. How are you? I'm doing great. Awesome. It's been forever since we recorded. Well, you know, things to do. Stuff to see. Movies to go to. Yes. Theater to do. Yeah. Books to write. Yeah. Video games to play. Yeah. Shit like that. Yeah. Weekends are short. I'm sorry we've been gone so long. Hi, how is everybody? Yeah. Thank you for tuning in for our long-delayed next episode. It's not like we didn't have, like, three three-day... We had two three-day weekends. Two three-day right? day weekends. But it was the holidays. We were doing shit. I know, and then it's also depressing because then you no longer have three-day weekends. That first five workday week back after New Year's is fucking brutal. <laughs> It's like you get this year. We got a three day weekend for Christmas, and then we came back for four days. And we got a three day weekend for New Year's. New Year's. And we came back for four days, and then we had a two day weekend, and then we had a five day work week. And both of us were like, "Oh my uh, god, how do we do this on a regular basis?" Right. Hopefully, my my glass of seltzer water here isn't going to make too much noise. Oh no, carbonation Ooh. noise. Um, nom 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 nom. <laughs> or, or to be really, really, really annoying. <laughs> Sorry. So, what do you want to talk about, Larry? Uh, well, guys, since the last time we recorded, there's been so much going on. But we really have been. We've been off we, for a long we, time. We tend to forget what it was that we wanted to talk about previously. Right. Because like, more stuff comes up. Because, you know, it's called life. Well, and I'm just looking back, and it looks like the last time we recorded was August. Oh my gosh, August 13th is the date on that file. Really? Really. Oh, gee, we didn't even record any of our uh, Christmas stuff. We didn't know. Well, we we had a pretty low-key Christmas, I would say. That's a good place yes. to start. We stayed home. We made a gigantic feast. And um, and then we had another, like, we had a seafood feast for New Year's. And after you had mentioned it, it's like, yeah, we usually do do a seafood feast, but I've completely spaced that in my brain. Well, we don't always do it. We usually do a feast, but we haven't done seafood in a couple of years, I think. Really? Haven't we? Maybe we did. I don't know. We went down to Costco. I got some crab legs. You got some salmon. I got a lobster tail. Yes. Uh, You ate your salmon and one of the crab... We got, like, I think it was two gigantic king crab legs. Not the the ones with the claws on them, just the pointy ones. Right. You ate one and I ate one, and that right there was probably enough protein for the entire meal because they were huge. Yes. But I also had a lobster tail, which was delish. Mm. A little bit undercooked, but I kind of like it that way. And, yeah, and we, we did prezzies. Yeah, I, you lavished me with presents for Christmas. I basically bought us a fridge and gave you a few little presents. Oh, yeah. <laughs> By the way, Larry's birthday is coming up in February, just in case. He's got his uh, Amazon wish list out uh, there. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's got two Amazon wish lists. Oh, I'm well, not, that, well, because... Why is that? Uh, it's confusing because, as fuck all, Larry. Well... I'm not exactly sure why I did it in the first place, but it was like because I wanted to keep things separated, or it's like for some reason somebody couldn't, people couldn't see, even though it was public. Couldn't Mingo, see one list. stop that! Mingo's sharpening his claws on the rug. They couldn't see one list, but they could see another, and then they went, "Oh, so the one list that had pretty much nothing on it." And then I was dinky, I was kind of messing around with the list because I was just for shits and giggles. I threw in like you know a twenty-seven thousand dollar Jeep, and I remember at one point you had like a multi-thousand-dollar monitor on there at, at one time. Oh, yeah. You wanted a big old flat-screen, artsy-fartsy monitor. Yeah. Well, yeah. Anyway, clean it up and let our let our, let our multitudes of fans well, buy you things. It, it, <laughs> no, they don't need to be doing that. <laughs> um, there's I, I did update the list, so there's a bunch of other stuff pertaining to writing. Excellent. Because you, you won't see any, any quilting stuff on there. You're done quilting for a while, yes? Yes, I'm done quilting for a while. 
You won a prize. I won a prize. You put a quilt to the quilt show, and, oh. it, and it won a little certificate. Yes. I, I, I won a... I don't remember if we talked about this on the last show. I don't remember. Well, when was the quilt show? Was it after August? Uh, yeah, it was in September. So. so we haven't talked about it. Yeah, so uh, the quilt I did for Daniel Brewer... Mm. A year or so before, That's right. when I did the quilt top, and then I eventually got around to sandwiching together. And for those I... of you who are new, Daniel Brewer is a is a podcasting godfather. Yes, uh, who who helps noobs, young podcasters. He's an audio engineer and an IT guy. He's an IT guy in the daytime and an audio engineer for fun. Yes, and a big part of Pride Forty Eight. And he rather likes the cartoon Phineas and Ferb. And, and we've seen him wearing a T-shirt with Perry the Platypus's face on it. Yes, he's a big fan of Perry the Platypus from that show. And you made him a uh, Perry the Platypus quilt, and it was really cool. Yes, and the funny thing is, I finished that quilt. I could have sworn I finished that quilt up first. Then I went and did Adam's, but then I completely finished Adam's quilt and sent it to him. And sent it to him, and then I finally got. And when, when you sent the when you when you put the quilt when you gave the quilt top to the quilting lady mm-hmm. to do the actual quilting and putting the batting and the backing together, she was like, "Oh my god, you've got to <laughs> enter this in the quilt show! I've never seen anything like this she, before." She wanted both of them in the quilt. Oh, show. Daniel's Cause and the, Adams. Well, because the first one, because she she was like she was so tickled pink how perfect she got the stitching on Adams done. And Adam is also a podcasting godfather, and he and Daniel used to have a show together that we enjoyed very much. So. Thank you to both of you guys. But that that podcast is back with just Adam and somebody and random people. And oh, Adam and random pe- the Adam and random people random, show. Well, it's still dead. It's still dubious, called dubious intent. Dubious intent. I okay. believe it's been a while since I've listened to like most podcasts. Yeah, because I've been very uh, task oriented with uh, writing podcasts lately. Yeah, and D and D or. Critical, RPG, critical, RPG. critical role. You critical really, role. Yes, you love you some critical role. I am very much into that. I kind of backed off a little bit listening to the same one you listen to, Dungeons and Randomness. Oh, I like Dungeons and Randomness. I yeah. like them too. Yeah. But for some reason, Critical Role is really hitting that button for me. Yeah. Well, it's got like a bunch of professional voice actors on it. Yes. Where it's like voice actors who enjoy gaming. Yes. Where Dungeons and Randomness to me feels like. Super gaming nerdballs who are good enough to be recorded. Yes, because they're they're not professional voice actors, but they do a really good job characterizing. So to bring this back to what we were talking about, you finished up with Daniel's and Adam's quilts. You yes. want to you want a certificate in the quilt show, and you haven't quilted since. Uh, well, no, I have quilted. Uh, Christina wanted uh, that oh, weighted yeah. quilt. She wanted a weighted blanket type quilt. I wasn't going to charge her for it, but she, she insisted on paying something for it. Well, I think that's fair, because it wasn't like you were making it for a friend. It, you were making it for a co-worker of hers who had a like an ADD kid or something. Yeah. yeah. The last one I made was for uh, a co-worker's, my local co-worker's mm-hmm. wife, because she has anxiety or whatever. And, th- and that, if, if she can sleep, then he can sleep. Right. And he's been a big help at work, so I went ahead and made that. And tell, tell him about the top of that one because it was super cute. Oh, the okay. So the top of that quilt is a... Uh, a Lego a man. A Lego man. Yeah. And the Lego bricks. Yeah. I, I got some fabric paint, and then I found an appropriate circle, and I stamped the central center circle for all the bricks. Right. So like if it, if you had a rectangular piece of cloth that was representative of a six up Lego brick, a six yes. a six peg Lego brick. Six you or four. S- to, you stamped yeah. six circles on it 
in two rows so that it looked like you were looking straight down at a Lego brick. Well, it was pretty actually, cool. Actually, what I what I did is I took all of that and I just cut it all into squares. Okay. So I did individual squares. So the squares oh, okay. together okay. as if they were a six block. Okay. Which the centering was a little difficult on some of them. Yeah. And then I got the kid's name in there. Yeah. And then and then I I have my own method of making uh, weight these weighted quilts. Right. To where basically you've got your top sheet, your bottom sheet, you flip them inside out. You sew the sides together, mm-hmm. flip that right side out again. Sew some channels in it. And sew some channels, and then I basically sew... Make tubes. Tubes. Yeah, and tubes section and them off. yeah. And the thing is, is that because uh, the pattern of, of how the Lego... Because I found the pattern online for the Lego. Yeah. It was a little off-center, so I had... Getting those socks to match up, because once you get it in there, you sew both ends. Yeah. And then you got to go back in and trying to get a weighted quilt back into a sewing machine with Ugh. all those beads. Yeah. So it's like a couple of lines here and there. Yeah. So Just to the, tack it in place. Exactly. Yeah. So the stitching is not like the main feature of a weighted quilt. Right. Those, the extra stitching or quilting is basically just done by me in very short segments. And that's just to keep the quilt, the sock, the yeah. weighted socks from moving around right, too right, much. Right, right. So you sew... It doesn't look as extra pretty that way, right. but it's more function. Yeah, it lasts longer. So so you, um, the top and the bottom layers together, you sew rows of stitching that makes basically empty tubes inside between those top and bottom, and then you take, then you take um, separate fabric and you sew a long tube yes. that's completely separate from the quilt, and that's what you fill with beads. And then don't you sew across it a few places to keep the beads from all going to one end or the other? Oh, yeah. So as I'm making as I'm making the tube, I, like, sew the tube, mm-hmm. and then as I'm doing it, I, I put in a quarter cup of the weighted beads. And then, then stitch I across sew, it. Yeah. I, and then I sew about uh, two lines, about an inch apart, and then put in some more. Right. So another couple of lines an inch apart right. from that, about so that six inch section. So that tube is almost like a piece of bubble wrap, only instead of air bubbles, there's bubbles full of beads. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So like the... Yeah, well, those, exactly. be- those beads aren't going anywhere, no matter how much you kick and thrash under your, your quilt. Exactly. Because the instructions that I've seen online for how other people do theirs, it's like you basically make a pillowcase, mm-hmm. you flip it inside out where the right sides are out, and then you... You you still sew channels, yeah. but then you pour beads in each of the section. Then you go through and run that entire thing through. I'm like, that uh, is just too much of a pain that's in the a, ass. That's just uh, crying out for a broken needle. My my way is much more efficient. You yeah. use more fabric, and then also because you've basically got double the amount of fabric in there, yeah. you're so far less likely to have beads popping out. Yeah. And yeah, like, and that's because, true because the beads are under a, a, a dual layer of fabric. Yeah, yeah, and, and if you had to, you could pull this. You could take out the stitching that's holding those inner tubes, top and bottom. You could pull that out, and you could throw the quilt in the washer if you had to. Mm, no, okay. not really. So, okay. so if, dry clean only then. Really, because <laughs> uh, so the very ends, I kind of flip over and sew the fabric together. Mm-hmm. So again, with these, you really don't get that really nice. Uh, uh, Bonding, bonding, batting. Um, binding. Binding around the quilt. Again, because it's such a, it's such an ordeal to get get all that together. Right, I forgot. Then you put binding around it. So, yeah, you couldn't take it apart. So it's dry clean only. Sorry. Yeah. My bad. Norny is standing up on her hind legs and patting me with her paws. I can't, re- I can't remember. I think I still wound up doing a binding around the whole thing. Though. I think you did, yeah. I think I still so tried this, to So what it was was a big thing. center rectangle with a light-colored background, and in it was a uh, quilted picture of 
Like, 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 like quilt, quilted blocks of color put together to look like one of the little Lego men with, yes. the, with the little cupped hands, and he didn't have any hair or hat on, so he just had the little peg coming out of the top of his head right. and his big smiley face. And then the, around the outside of that central square, you had the other pieces Lego. sewn together that looked like Lego blocks. Yes. It was so cute. I'm yes. sure he loved it. Okay, so and that was your last quilt. Yes, that was the last quilt I made. I've got pl- I've got tons of fabric though that I'm not currently doing anything with. Yeah, I've got enough fabric to make like ten, ten more of those, ten yeah. more quilts yeah. of anything. You always overbuy. Uh, that is true, and it, you overcut. It was yeah, that's true. It was a bit of retail therapy occasionally buying some of that fabric. Yeah, but then of course lately it's been okay. What do I really want to accomplish? What do I really want to get done? And I really want to finish that book that I started and. When I ages ago, yeah, and that you've the, done for NaNoWriMo at least once. Well, okay, NaNoWriMo, two thousand fifteen. Oh God, wow. Okay. So there was two other NaNoWriMos that I wanted to work on stuff, but then you know, depression, and then other people asked me to do stuff, and that kind of you know kind of knocked me out of like, oh, I've got all this other shit going on. Right. So just in case anybody's worried, because I have posted a couple of bummer posts on Facebook too. We we both go through our low bouts. And we're both going to be just fine. Okay, don't worry oh, yes. about us. Our 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 uh, success rate for surviving these things is still a hundred percent. So, um, right. but but yeah, every once in a while, we we've also had a very very gray winter here in Wenatchee. Yes. We have not seen the sun very much or some blue sky. Maybe one day out of five, it feels like. Yeah. So we're not. We might be having a little seasonal affect disorder as well. Although I kind of fixed mine Thursday night. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, we have this art gallery in town called Radar Station, run by a guy named Ron. And you can fi- actually you can find their Facebook page online. If you Google Radar Station Wenatchee, you'll see you'll find their Facebook page. And they have just the quirkiest art. A lot of it is Ron's, but he certainly sponsors other people. You know, bringing their stuff in and hanging on the walls. And he runs art shows. Uh, next Friday, they're having an art show called Orphans. Oh, gosh. The key word to it is orphans. I can't remember the rest of it. But it's all about finding a crappy old painting at the thrift store, maybe a landscape or a a still life or whatever, and adding to it some monsters or some bugs or something icky, mostly monsters. So if you find this... If you found a, uh, somebody's uh, Bob Ross wannabe painting of a still mountain lake with the mountains and the clouds in the background, you know, you might want to put the Loch Ness Monster's head coming out of that lake. But the trick is to paint it and make it look like it was part of the original painting. Like, don't look so it doesn't look Blend like it was in. added in. Make it make it in the color scheme and the style of the original painting. It's something I want to try. I don't know if I'd be very good at it, but I didn't have time to do it for this one coming up. But I'm definitely going to go down and see the art show because it looks like fun. But last night... Uh, one of the other things he does besides have an art gallery is on sometimes on Friday nights he will show kind of an art house style of movie. So he's played, well, I don't know if this is art house, but he the first one was The Room. So we all came down there and watched The Room and talked about it a little bit before and after. And then, and, and he doesn't sell very many tickets. I think he sells about maybe 50 tickets max to any of these things. And you all sit around on these big old vintage couches and whatever chairs he can scavenge together. So I've seen The Room... And I've seen Dark Side of the Rainbow, which was really cool, which is where you watch the original Wizard of Oz with the sound turned down with Pink Floyd's The Wall playing in the background. Oh, I'm sorry, not The not the Wall, The Dark Side of the Moon, sorry. And you have to play the record, the album, about two and a half times to get through the whole movie, but it 
it makes the perfect background soundtrack, and there's so many synchronicities between that soundtrack and the movie that it is freaking eerie when you watch it. So we watched that. Last night, he was showing Eraserhead, which I saw in college and didn't like. I just, you know, walked out of that theater going, the fuck did I just see? And really spent my whole rest of my life thinking, I don't like that movie. But then when I saw he was showing it, I was like, all right, you know what? I'm going to give this another chance. It's It's been decades since I've seen this movie. I'm going to go down there and check it out. And so I was doing a little bit of pre-planning for it to see if uh, there was something maybe I could dress up as. Is there Because I like dressing up for those events. We we dressed up as the Wizard of Oz for Dark Side of the Rainbow. You and were Elphaba. I was Elphaba. I, I resurrected my costume from Pride 48 a few years ago, and I was Elphaba. I had to make a new witch hat because I had somewhere along the line gotten rid of the witch hat. So I'm looking, and I'm like, oh, I could be the lady in the radiator. That's just a simple little dress I could run down to Ross and get. Oh, I'd need a blonde wig. Oh, yeah, she's got those things on her face that look like mutton chop whiskers. But when you see them close up, they almost look like growths on her, you know, like like skin growths on her face. I wasn't sure what they were. But I was kind of like, I don't think I want to do that. That's a lot of work. And then as I'm, like, looking through images of it, I remembered the baby. I forgot about the damn baby. That baby is so weird in Eraserhead. So Thursday night, I think it was, I, th- I thought about it on Wednesday. I thought, I wonder if I can make that baby. And it's like 10 o'clock at night when I'm thinking this. It's like, I wonder if I can run by Goodwill tomorrow and pick up an old tennis racket and maybe a tan sock and, you know, make this baby. Because I knew I had some gauze in the house to wrap the body up. So if you haven't seen Eraserhead, go Google Eraserhead baby images because it's nasty. Um, and then I ended up spending all day at the CTC building, which is at the north end of town, which is by Walmart. So when I got out of work at 5 on Thursday, I was like, I'll just go by Walmart. Walmart will have a cheap tennis racket and a, or a racquetball racket or something. And, and sure enough, I found a Dora the Explorer kids tennis racket <laughs> on clearance <laughs> and a pair of tan socks and some polyfiber filling like you'd make a stuffed animal out of and some googly eyes and a piece of tan felt to make some features on the fan. I made this essentially sock puppet of the baby. If you're friends with me on Facebook, you've seen me post a bazillion pictures of it. And it was quite the hit. Um, that plop you just heard was Norny dropping off my lap. And uh, I brought it in, and I was had my hand up in the sock puppet head, and I was making it move and making little baby noises. And, and Ron had figured out what I was doing because I had posted, I just got crafty with a hot glue gun and took a, an old sock, a tennis racket, and some polyfiber filling and made something. And I'll t- post pictures tomorrow night. And Ron figured that out immediately. And he was like, he posts underneath it, oh, no. And I'm like, oh, yes. And when I walked in, he was not a bit surprised, although the puppet part surprised him. But it was a hit. And my friend Vicky was there, and her son, who has really curly hair, if, it, if he grew his hair out, he could totally do Jack Nance Eraserhead hair if he wanted to. And he was talking about being Eraserhead for Halloween, and his girlfriend was talking about being the lady in the radiator. So I just basically gave him the baby. <laughs> I was like, I don't actually really need this anymore. So, yeah, it was, oh, it was such a good night. And Thursday, just coming home from work after shopping at Walmart and picking up that stuff, and just making it and making it work and having it done by the time I went to bed just cheered me right the fuck up. Yeah. I'm telling you, that was, I'm like, wow, how did I not remember that doing creative things makes me feel better? Yes. You know, because what was getting me down was work. There was just some, yeah, some, same here. some 
standard old work bullshit that comes and goes at regular intervals, as people like to say, this too shall pass, and then I look at them and I say, in this place, it passes, and then it comes back, then it passes again, <laughs> then it comes back again, then it passes. <laughs> yes, it will pass, and yes, it will come back. Yes. So the bullshit is still going on at work. I'm just not that upset about it anymore. Right. Pardon right. me while I pour some more of my refreshing seltzer water. It's it's always beneficial to have some art project or something you can go do and yeah. Chill out and, and you've uh, been writing. You've been getting up early in the morning to write, which impresses the crap out of me. Well, part of I, there's a YouTuber by the name of Chris Fox who wrote some books and he goes over how he writes and how he does his stuff and. Uh, he one of the things he does is sprints where you basically just you take five minutes, you're not doing anything else, and you're just writing the whole stream of consciousness. Mm-hmm. And of course, there's a bunch of different schools of thought on it, uh, similar to NaNoWriMo, where you're you got a month long, you got a word goal, mm-hmm. and this guy he gets up at five in the morning and he's done writing by 10 in the morning. That's a long stint of writing to sit there for five hours. But the thing is, you're not writing that entire time. You're, he does writing sprints. So like he does like 30 minute, an hour. Okay. And where you basically, you pre-write out basically what you're heading for. You have an idea what you're working on and then you sit there and then you just stream a consciousness. And my thing is, is that I can do that, but then I have to immediately go back and not strictly edit, but I have to fix clearly obvious mistakes. Yeah, but don't do that while you're initially writing. No. When you're writing, it's like spelling and grammar and punctuation be damned. No, I'm not even going for spelling or grammar. What I'm going for is shit where it's like my fingers have hit the keys and what I wrote is intelligible later on. And I had this issue later on when I – because I went, okay, NaNoWriMo, you're not supposed to do any editing. Mm -mm. So you do it and then afterwards you're supposed to wait a couple months and come back and it, it, it is so hard to come back later on. And then read through my stuff and find some of the stuff where it's like my fingers will just right. hit the wrong key. Right. And then there are some spots that are just completely unintelligible. And it's like, okay, that's the shit I have to go back and fix uh, after I've done like a writing sprint. Go back, look there, fix some clearly yeah. simple stuff, and then that's good. The grammar and all that and what stuff I have to rewrite. That'll come later. That'll come later. Yeah. Have you? Are you any good at like voice to text? I mean, could you sit there and talk your novel into the I've computer? I've tried a couple of different times. It's hard. It's, it's not an easy thing it, to do. The, I had the I had a subscription to the uh, Dragon Natural Speaking yeah. on my cell phone, mm-hmm. and I tried that. And the thing is, you have to have a really good cell signal in order for that to work You know, correctly. I, I get decent results on voice to text just text messaging people. Yeah, in the home with Wi-Fi. When I'm doing this... No, at work. Really? All the time. I don't. At, at, at work on my cell plan. Uh, I had better luck with the simple like note section and using Google's own translator to do that. Even then, it's like trying to period. It'll it'll spell the word period. It won't even put in quotations uh. or punctuations or any of that when I try to put it in there. I I tried it okay. several different times with different programs. It's a, it it's does an not art. work for me. Uh, dictating letters like for like executives used to do, where they would dictate a letter to a sh- secretary taking shorthand, or they would they would dictate a letter into a tape and the secretary could play it back and write right. it. It's a, it's kind of an art that you have to work on before you get good at it. Yeah. So, all right, well, sorry to hear that. Yeah, well, yeah, like, I wish that would work for me. It doesn't. Okay. So, and, like, lately, um, I went, I've, I've plowed through a lot of audiobooks which, lately. Which yes, is, you have. And some of those is a section that I hadn't heard before, which is Lit RPG, 
So literary oh. RPG. So like the times when you're hearing, and sometimes there's a bad section to it. So in the books, uh, in the in the physical books or digital books, there there'd be the story, and then when uh, hero upgrades or whatever, they get a new item. Then they'll like there's a, like a little window where you can read the stats if you want to. However, in the audiobook version, they do read the stats, and yeah. then it's like it's going off, and you're like. Oh my God! When are they going to be done yeah. reading these fucking yeah. stats? Yeah, Flynn picked up the picked the sword up off of the pile of treasure and, and marveled it, at the whatever stats and, it had. And then and then it, and it goes from narrator voice into a fl- a plus one against dragons, plus plus this, you know, minus one and on, and it just it reads the stats of that weapon or that piece of armor. And- uh, there are some lit books because uh, I'm reading like four or five different series now that are lit RPG, and I'm really liking them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can definitely see where. There's a couple of store books I'd, I, I would like to write in Lit RPG because it would be interesting. Yeah. However, if if you overload someone with stats when it's an audiobook, it is mind-numbing. But the whole uh, thing of where your character levels up and it almost kind of hit, hits that little button for you for playing an RPG. Ding! <laughs> like, ding! And, that, and then some of them do it differently. Yep. And... And so, like, one of them was, uh, so when they level up or they get a book and and it, how it affects your brain when they're playing these games, when the, when the character's playing these games in a virtual world, mm-hmm. which is usually how they go, and one of them is suddenly, and then he knew, and then they describe what it is they knew. Oh. It's like, okay, that, that, it was a little weird for me, but I kind of got in the groove of it yeah. a little bit. And... One of my favorite ones so far is The Land, and it's like six books so far in audio form. Wow. And I think they're pretty pretty low. So like this Chris Fox guy that is leading, most of these books are around 50, just slightly over 50,000 words. They don't even hit the like usual 80,000. They're like novella of, size. Yeah, and I, and, and I was kind of worried about, you know, hitting that 80,000 80,000 word mark for my books. I'm like, you know what? I'm going to not worry too much about the word count. The story is going to be what the story is, and we'll see how long it is. Yeah. So Good for you. And I'm making a lot of progress on that here and there, and I'm taking it slow so I don't burn myself out on it. Mm -hmm. And then because taking my time and figuring out the the loops of how to make the story work and whatnot. And I even got a, a, a book on editing called Line by Line. Which is, like, so boring you can almost not read it. <laughs> oh, my God. Yes. But the, it has lots of examples of, of before and after of how stuff has been edited. I haven't gotten to that part yet because some of the pre- preface or preface was... Preface. Yeah. Yeah, see, that's... And hopefully it'll help fix some of my grammar issues that I have, and I have a lot of grammar issues. Oh, you know, Word can... You're, are you using Word? Uh, I'm using both Word and Scrivener. Uh, I found out recently that there's a lot of people who have switched to Vellum, which I believe oh. uh, <sighs> Melanie Melanie Fletcher Melanie Fletcher now uses. Okay, but that's strictly on Apple and it's like, oh yeah. But I have found out because there was a, a while back I taught you about a book I was looking at on Amazon. I went to go look at the. Uh, the look ahead, the little thing that lets you yeah, be yeah, part of it, yeah. and that the the text was all red. And I'm like, okay, I don't want a book that where the text is all red. That's that's stupid. That doesn't make any sense. And I didn't buy the book. But as it turns out, from listening to this Chris Fox guy, he said, yeah, that. Ha-. So what happened to me is like, there's an issue in Scrivener when it's part of the edit feature when you're importing edits 
and then you send your book out. Your book is fine. You send it to Amazon, but for some reason in your in your book, when people buy it, it's fine. But the preview, oh, that text comes out in red. Oh, yeah. So Amazon somehow. needs to fix their software. So it's a question of it, it's some kind of hiccup between Scrivener and Amazon. Okay. Your book isn't affected. It's how Amazon's just interpreting the, just the preview. Yeah, the preview. Okay. okay. After huh. something's been, it's some kind of setting somewhere, oh. and I think uh, Melanie probably had that issue herself, and probably figured out. It's like, oh, enough of this. But the program Vellum, I mean, the stuff printed out of that looks beautiful. But I, it's a little bit too much for me to buy a. By oh, an Apple yeah. computer just to run that program. No. No. Word's got a decent grammar editor in it. I, yes. I like it. it. It saves my ass at work a lot. I'm doing some pre-writing in there okay. and my adjustments and then importing them in. Well, um, I think we probably have a little more to talk about, but we're coming up on 30 minutes here, so let's call this an episode. And um, and by the way, I'm playing a lot of Fortnite. I have two codes, so any PC players who want to play Fortnite... Hit you up on what, Facebook or something? <clears throat> Facebook or email, and if they yeah. see it, and then they can play Fortnite you, on your give, PC. Give them your Facebook name, or well, yeah, it's well, it's just Larry Queen. Yeah, I, yeah. well, new listeners might not know that. Oh, that's it. Yeah, okay. who aren't friends with you yet? So Larry Queen on Facebook. Oh, well, probably uh, uh, Q Sledge on Twitter, or is it Trick Bane on Twitter? I have no I idea. I haven't been on Twitter my... in forever. Anyway, let's wrap this up. <laughs> All and, right. Um, so you can get a hold of us. You can look us up on Facebook, Larry Queen or TJ Farrell. We do have a Brain Dead Podcast Facebook page, which we never update until yep. we have a new episode. And you can call us at 26BrainRot. That's B-R-A-I-N-R-O-T. When's and the last time you tested that? I tested I tested every six weeks. Okay, it's still good. working. And okay. we will we will know immediately if you have email or if you have voicemailed us. So thanks for listening. As always, we will talk to you again hopefully very soon. Bye. Bye.